0: the CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. Who was it that said... Love is like the measles. You can only have it bad once. And the later in life you get it, the harder it goes. Well, there are those things that can only come once. True love, true fame. And it's better to know them when you're young and can live with them. Because if you have to wait till you're old, all you can do is die with them. I love you, darling.
1: And I am so happy. Really, you make me feel so... Wonderful. (laughs) I wanted to devote my entire life to you. Barry, my darling. There's only one way I can describe you. Yes? You are out of this world. What did you say? Darling, what's the matter? What did you just say? I only said you were out of this
0: world. How did you
2: know? How did you know?
0: Mystery drama, The Star Killers, was written especially for the mystery theater by Sam Dan and stars Mercedes McCambridge. It is sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division and Xlax. I'll be back shortly with Act One. As long as rivers run down to the sea or shadows touch the mountain slopes, or stars gaze in the vault of heaven, so long shall your honor, your name, your praises endure. Those words were spoken by a president of the United States, and they were said to Dr. Mary Jane Marisett at a reception in her honor when she won the Nobel Prize for Physics. What a year that was for Dr. Mary Jane Marisett. Wined, dined, toasted, interviewed... And then one day, Dr. Mary Jane Marisette simply disappeared. That is, she was no longer in the public eye, and everyone promptly forgot her. Today, our celebrities come and go so quickly, they crowd one another off the stage. Once they disappear... Well, in case you're interested, this is what happened to Dr. Mary Jane Marisette. We're in a sanitarium. How do you feel this morning?
1: I feel... Resigned. Which means? My arms are folded, my eyes are closed.
0: <laughs> your arms are folded, but your eyes are open.
1: Well, that's only out of courtesy to you, Dr. Abelard, because I look at nothing. Dr. Maris said I'm new on your case. Oh, yes. You're the new bottle, but I'm still the old wine. Yes. Well, it's important
0: that we restore you to...
1: to sanity.
0: Well, why quibble over semantics?
1: Because I insist. Because I am the one who is sane.
0: Well, that well may be. Sanity is determined by society. Oh, dear,
1: no. I've plowed this ground before. Doctor, you could be tried for murder. Doctor, we should all be tried for murder. All? All men and women of science. Why? You know why. Because we are destroying the world. You have no right to withhold your knowledge. Oh, please shut up. Shut up. I'm sorry. Forgive me. It's all right. No, it's not all right. It's never right to lose one's temper. I don't mind. Dr. Abelard. for the past several years now, I have been a pet project for the psychiatric fraternity. Each doctor thinks that he is the one who will penetrate the mystery... But you see, all this time, I've been telling the truth. There is no mystery. I would like to help you. And one by one, those doctors have backed away. They go on to more promising pastures. So that now all I get is the second team. I'm sorry, no offense, Dr. Abelak. Oh,
0: I, I know, I'm, I'm young, new, relatively inexperienced.
1: Well, everyone has but... to start somewhere. And you've chosen to begin at the top. That's all right. I think you should. That's what I did. I was just out of college, and I went to Princeton. And I saw Professor Einstein. And I showed him my formulations. (laughs) And he was very pleased. Do you know what he did? No. Dr. Einstein played his violin for me. And then what happened, Dr. Marisette? Well, you have very little curiosity for a psychiatrist. I mean, you're all business. Let's get to the crux, the core, the kernel of the matter. Aren't you even going to ask me how he played? How did he play? The truth is, you don't really give a damn how he played. I mean, here is... Here was the greatest scientist of our time, if not all time... And he played his violin. Really, shouldn't you be absolutely fascinated by that? Shouldn't we be discussing it and excitedly reconstructing that scene? All right. Forget the violin, but I spoke to I worked with Dr. Albert Einstein, the legend. I mean, why aren't you showering me with questions about him? Look. Dr. Marisette... Listen to me, doctor. I was born in 1925. My grandmother was born in 1865. She was Christine Marisette. She was a singer, a great soprano. She was famous in opera. And she knew, I mean, she knew personally, Gilbert and Sullivan, Giuseppe Verdi, Puccini. She sang at the White House for President Cleveland's inaugural ball. And to me, she was the bridge to all those famous names that are now history. And I myself have now become a bridge to other great names, to Einstein, to Roosevelt, to Churchill. <sighs> Doctor, how old are you? Thirty? I'm thirty-two. Now that means you were a child in grammar school the year that Joseph Stalin died. Oh, well. I love what we're we talking about. Dr. Marisette, why did you kill Eric Marshall? That is how you will have it. All I want you to do is face reality. Oh, reality, is it? That's another one in a class with sanity. If you will admit you killed Eric Marshall, if if you'll understand why you killed him, you'll be able to come to terms with yourself and the world. Dr. Abelard, do you know why my name is Mary Jane? It was because of my father. His mother was the glamorous Madame Christine Marissette, and she was a most unhappy woman. So my father wanted me to be a plain Jane. I wanted very much to please him. So instead of singing or dancing, I read books. I became fascinated by physics and mathematics. I became a female scientist, which means I had to be a very odd duck. I mean, would you believe, Doctor, that Eric Marshall was the first man who ever kissed me? And he was 44, and I was 41. Why did you kill him? Oh, please, will you stop asking that tiresome question?
0: Dr. Marisette,
1: I admire you. You talk about people who've become legends, but you're a legend yourself. Oh, if I were 20 years younger, or even 10. Oh, please, hear me out. I don't want to, to see you waste your life in a sanitarium. Why would you rather I waste it on the outside? At least in here, I do no harm. Dr. Marisette, you're sitting on top of the world. Don't throw it away. Oh, I think that was before your time, that song, I'm Sitting on Top of the World. Oh, think, Dr. Marisette, think. But I remember it well. I'm sitting on top of the world. What is it? Oh, there's nothing... No, really, it's nothing. It's thinking of Eric. I'm just thinking about him. On our first date. You're retreating. You're retreating to that little cocoon again. I was driving home from a meeting of the AEC, the Atomic Energy Commission. Yes? That sounds pompous, doesn't it? Well, anyhow, there was a car that was pulled over to the side of the road and a man was waving and... Well, why did I stop? I don't know. I mean, at that moment, did I realize that he was going to be handsome? Did I suddenly feel that lonely? I don't know. But I stopped.
2: Oh, thank you for stopping.
1: Are you in trouble? I
2: suppose so. Uh, Could you give me a a lift to the nearest telephone or gas station or something?
1: What's the matter with your car?
2: You got me. As far as automobiles are concerned, I can start them, steer them, and stop them. But underneath that hood, it's all terra incognita to me.
1: Terra what?
2: Uh, Terra incognita. That's Latin for dark, unknown, mysterious country. I see.
1: Would you like me to have a look? Where? Under the hood. Well, thank you. Oh, no, no. I should thank you.
2: Thank me for what?
1: For nothing. For nothing? I mean, nothing on your face or in your voice that says, what does a woman know about engines?
2: Oh, I really hadn't thought of that. (laughs) It's just that I've been standing here in the cold for the better part of an hour, and you're the first one who stopped for me.
1: Oh, I see. You're just being polite. Probably. When I'm in
2: my element, I'm just as much a male chauvinist as the next fellow.
1: (laughs) Well, at least you're frank.
2: No, at the risk of a very feeble jest, I'm Eric. uh, Eric Marshall.
1: (laughs) Now, will you get behind the wheel and try to start it? It won't
2: do any good. I've been trying for an hour, however.
1: Uh, what did you say your name was? Mary Jane. No, don't, don't, don't do that. You're running down the battery. You're abusing the motor.
2: <laughs> abusing the motor. That's rather anthropomorphic, isn't it? Ascribing the qualities of life to inanimate objects.
1: Oh, who really knows what life is? Yeah.
2: Uh-huh. Mary Jane what?
1: Oh... Marisette. Uh,
2: Then why is that name familiar?
1: Do you know what's wrong with your car? No. Nothing. You're out of gas.
2: Mary Jane Marisette. I remember reading that name. It scans like poetry. It sings like music.
1: I'll give you a lift to the nearest service station. You
2: are the atomic scientist. You won the Nobel Prize for physics.
1: You'll get a five-gallon can of gas, and then you'll pour it into the gas tank. You know where the gas tank is? Uh, No, I'm not sure. (laughs) I'll drive you back.
2: You know, I always dreamed of winning a Nobel Prize. For what? Literature. But the fact is, I'm... Well, I'm not good enough.
1: Oh, you shouldn't say that. I'm sure you're a very good writer.
2: Uh, Well, maybe I'll never win the Nobel Prize, but there's one way I can have it in my house. (laughs) What's that? Then marry
1: Oh, my dear sir, we hardly know each
2: other. We won't really know each other until it's all over.
1: Until what is all over?
2: Life. It takes years and years. And then at the end, we'll sit down together and say, will you marry me?
1: That's a very serious request. Well, I'm giving it very serious consideration. I mean, it's a proposal of marriage. And whether it's serious or frivolous, false or sincere... The fact is, it is the first one I have ever received. You are joking. Are you joking? I cannot believe that this is your first proposal. I mean, you're...
2: Well, you're an extremely attractive woman.
1: Well, very few eligible men ever get this close to me. I mean, most of my time is spent with important and elderly scholars. I think it's remarkable. Well, I'm afraid I'm an institution... And an institution is admired and respected, but is hardly a love object. Shouldn't we be getting your gasoline?
2: We should be getting dinner. I've just discovered something. I love you. And we are going to be married.
1: We are? Oh,
2: we'll go through certain ritualistic procedures. We'll go to dinner, theaters, concerts, parties, outings... We won't celebrate the marriage right away. We'll wait a decent interval. Do you have any objections?
1: Oh, I certainly do. Name one. Why do we have to wait?
0: You think it happens only to teenagers? It happens to everybody. And if you want the true facts of life, the older you are, the faster it happens. Well, let's reflect. We spent the first act getting to know about her, Dr. Mary Jane Marisette. Now, who is Eric Marshall, and why is she being accused of murdering him? So far, it looks very cozy and warm. Well, there will be another temperature reading in just a few minutes when I shall return with Act Two. a play, commanded the emperor to his clowns, that is different, but not too different. Let it have surprises, but see that they are not too surprising. Actually, let it be the same as the one we enjoyed last night, but with a new twist. Well, it doesn't have to be all that new. Indeed, since everyone is so fond of the old one, why change it at all? That's pretty much the way it goes, no? The truth is, people really don't like surprises, do they? Well, Dr. Marisette,
1: less than five minutes after you meet a man for the first time, you agree to marry him? Yes. Well, shouldn't that have been a warning signal? A warning signal of what? Of a psychic disturbance. I don't understand why. My dear Dr. Marisette, to marry a perfect stranger... You're right, he was perfect. It shows an imbalance, a lack of stability. Oh. Is there a stated period, a psychiatrically accepted period of courtship?
0: Why did you kill Eric Marshall?
1: Oh, that's the leitmotif, the recurring phrase. There are
0: two significant events in your life. Only two? Well, of immediate concern. First your decision to stop all scientific activity. No, that
1: isn't true, Doctor. I decided to stop all work on nuclear activity. Why? Oh, Dr. Abelard, I'm on record. You say that all nuclear activity is dangerous? In effect, yes. And then some months later, you kill your husband? I don't know what I'm going to do about you, Doctor. You insist that I killed Eric. Dr. Marisette, will you tell me... Why
0: did you decide to stop working?
1: All right, I'll tell you.
0: Well, I i, I don't mean the, the published reasons.
1: No. I'll tell you the impossible reason. The reason I've never told anyone, because I couldn't. They'd say I was crazy. <laughs> they say it anyhow. And, and did you kill your husband? Oh, well, we have made some progress. You no longer state that. You just asked it. No, doctor didn't kill Eric. Well, if you didn't, who did? Dora Shelton. Oh, no. Why, oh, no? Because Dora is the reason why you killed Eric. He was having an affair with her, and you were jealous. Yes, that's the story that Dora and her accomplices were very careful to create. Create? Accomplices? You make this sound like a plot. That's what it was. It was a plot. A plot. To seize the world goodness, I just thought of how that must sound. But that's true. And that's the only way to say it. A plot to seize the world? Is Dora in the employ of a foreign power? No, it's nothing like that. Doctor, there are people from... This is going to sound... But I have to say... There are people from space. From another solar system. That's impossible. There you go. You forget everything I ever told you about the impossible. uh, All right. Is there a way to prove it? Oh, yes. How? You see that cigarette lighter of yours? Yes. If you were to light that and hold it, Just under Dora Shelton's hand. What are you saying? You could probably hold it there for as long as ten minutes before she would feel any discomfort.
0: I I can't believe what I'm hearing. What kind of medieval trial by torture is this? What kind
1: of mumbo-jumbo? And you could have done the same thing to Eric Marshall. Do you mean you held a flame under Eric Marshall's hand? There was no need to. Dr. Mara said, I, 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 I refuse to believe. Because it. to you it's impossible. But accept it. Just as I did. But I... No, I... please, don't talk now. Listen to me. And I'll tell you everything. We were married. Eric and I were married a week after we met. And we were very happy. The condition of love. The act of love was something so strange and wonderful. It was as if I had been born again. Everyone said that love had seemed to make me flower, and it did. But then, after just a few months, I noticed a change in Eric. Dessert, Eric, darling. Oh, uh, what? Huh? <laughs> I said dessert. That's why we came to this place. It's famous. It's, I should say, notorious for its dessert... I don't think I care for any. Is anything wrong?
2: Is anything wrong? Everything's wrong.
1: What does that mean, darling? It means what it says. Well, can't you tell me? I don't know how. Well, why don't you start at the beginning? <laughs> the beginning? All
2: right. The beginning was Arshana Rawa.
1: Arshana Rawa. What's that? Could you try to guess? Well, I was a linguistics minor, very minor, at college. I should say that it sounds, uh, Persian. Well, it's a mere coincidence. Oh, yeah?
2: Arshana Brava is upper Arshana, as distinguished from
1: Arshana Narda, which is lower Arshana. I assume this Arshana is a place. Oh, yes, it is. Where? It's a planet. I would say it's a uh,
2: hundred light years from here.
1: ah uh-huh. You know, one summer I was a counselor at girls' camp, and we used to play that game around the campfire. Somebody would start a story, and then somebody else would take up the next paragraph, and so on. All right. You begin with a planet a hundred light years from here called Arshana. Now then. Where can I go with that? It is true, my darling. This is no game. You
2: see, I am from Arsenal.
1: <laughs> we
2: have a red sun. We rotate around a star, which will soon become a nova. It will explode and be dead. It's dying now. Really? For centuries, we have been looking for another place to live. All over the galaxy. Not just our own, but others.
1: Oh, my dear, you never told me you wrote science fiction. <sighs> we
2: found your planet just a few years ago, we were attracted by the presence of nuclear activity. It's like, well, it's like a beacon through space. It can be picked up over billions, trillions of miles. And so, a task force was sent here. This planet is the only one we could find so far that has the elements that can support life for
1: us. Darling, darling, this is a rather long joke. I hope the punchline will be worth it. We're ahead of
2: you in some respect, behind you in others. We've mastered space travel to a degree you haven't even approached, which is why we could come here. On the other hand, we're not that good at making war.
1: Is that a fact?
2: I am part of an advanced unit.
1: Eric, are you all right?
2: I am telling you the truth. Every word I have spoken so far, I am telling... Darling, darling. The one thing that went wrong... Well, the one thing that went wrong, I fell in love with you.
1: Well, how can you say that's wrong?
2: Because I'm going to betray my own people. Barry. Really? No, no, listen. My people must have a planet. Ours will be a dead world in several hundred years.
1: Well, in that case, why not come here to ours? I mean, we've accommodated uncounted numbers of refugees for centuries. It's impossible. There are four billion of us.
2: Could this planet hold another four billion people?
1: Eric? No, no.
2: We'll wait until you destroy yourselves. How? Oh. Nuclear energy. You don't know how to employ it properly or control it. Still, you insist on using it. Slowly, surely. You're poisoning yourselves. You're infecting your souls, your air, your water. Darling, you know that I'm right. Please stop it. Stop? What? All nuclear activity. Until you know exactly how to handle it, till you've mastered it.
1: Well, there are certain risks,
2: but they must be taken. No, 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 don't say that. You're
1: killing yourself. Eric, I believe you're serious. Of
2: course I'm serious.
1: Well, atomic pollution could, I grant you destroy our lives, but if it does...
2: That's what we're waiting for. Then
1: what good would our polluted planet be to you?
2: You see, we won't be affected.
1: You won't? We,
2: well, we do not burn as easily as you do. What's that? Just what I said. We have a greater resistance to fire. And also, radiation does not alter our cell structure as radically as it does yours.
1: You see, we could live with it. Darling... You're telling me this story for a reason. What is it you want me to do?
2: I want you to use your very considerable influence to put an end to all nuclear activity.
1: All of it? Yes. If I were to take a public position on that, I would create a storm of controversy. Probably. And I would have to resign my position. I'd have to give up everything. Well, I've
2: given up everything. My home, my loyalty to my own people. I'd be an outcast.
1: And no one would listen to me anyhow.
2: I realize that. But you have no choice. You have to save the world.
1: You're really serious. Let's even say you mean it. What could your motive be? Darling, I told you. Please, Eric, please. Please tell me this has all been a joke. Some big, unwieldy, unfunny joke. Because if this is not a joke, Eric... I don't know what to do. Mary Jane? Yes.
2: Oh. I thought you were asleep. You, uh... You hadn't said a word all the way home.
1: No. But I haven't been sleeping. I've been thinking.
2: Oh, dearest, I wish I'd known how to tell you all this differently. Oh, my, what's that? we better get over to the curb fire engines. Oh, I wonder where they're going. Hey, look. They're turning the corner, going down the block Eric, what? Eric,
1: it's our house Oh, oh our house is oh. on fire <laughs> Look at our house, oh. Eric It's in flames well, How did it happen? I don't know Our house is burning, Eric Where are you going? My papers, all my work I can't let them burn I can't let them be destroyed Oh, no, no, you can't go in there My personal papers, Eric I have to save them You
0: stay here Stay, I
1: said. Oh, no, Eric, don't you go. No, you'll be killed. Oh, somebody stop him. Stop him.
0: Eric Marshall has just dashed into a fiercely burning house to rescue some of his wife's valuable papers. On the face of it, it's a suicidal act. Certainly, he has rushed into an inferno. How can he possibly come out of it? But wait. Didn't he say he comes from another planet? And didn't he say he was of a race that was far more fire resistant than our own? I'll be back shortly with Act Three. This is the slogan for all who would advance the cause of learning. Accept the impossible. Live with it. And soon it becomes the everyday, the familiar. It was always impossible to transplant a human heart, to break the umbilical cord of the planet Earth, except for those who accepted the impossible and made it happen. And Dr. Marisette has also accepted the impossible as it concerns her husband, Eric Marshall. He
1: ran into that burning house, Dr. Abelard. Into that raging inferno. And in just a few moments, he came out of it unharmed. With a box of my precious papers in his arms. Well? Well, What do you mean, well? Well, what? There were witnesses, Doctor. The best witnesses you could ask for. The policemen, the firemen, the down-to-earth practical people. Well, perhaps the fire seemed to be worse than it actually was. A few moments after Eric emerged from those flames, the house collapsed. It was a total ruin. Mm. Yes. Well, there's some things we simply cannot explain. Yes, but we can explain this. How? Eric is from another world. His body... His tissues have a greater resistance to fire than ours do. They have a much higher flashpoint. You can't dispute the evidence. And so that very night, we went away together. We went away from our charred ruin of a home. And we went up to the country. And there we decided on the course of our lives.
2: You must stop all nuclear activity.
1: But if I told people why, Eric... I'd probably be locked up as a nut.
2: There is evidence that the present course of activity will destroy the world.
1: My darling, you are not a scientist. You don't know how it is with people like me. You think that things could be that clear-cut, but they couldn't. A single set of facts can make 50 different impressions. But you have to do something. I'll also have to do something. I'll, I'll try to
2: convince my people to look for another planet.
1: There's only one person in this world that I can trust with this story, Eric. Just one. For years he's been my guide. He's the chairman of the commission. Can you trust him? With my life. Hmm. Have you told me everything, Mary Jane? Yes, Dr. Paulson. Oh, it's remarkable. It's remarkable because it's true. But if he comes from another planet. If. Dr. Polson, he walked through that fire. There can be no doubt of it. So that means, Dr. Polson, that I must resign from the commission because I must now initiate a campaign for a moratorium on all nuclear activity. I mean everywhere. Will you join me? Well, give me a chance to think. Well, of course... But together, the two of us could have much greater impact. Well, I'm, I'm aware of that. Uh, give me a few days. Yes, of course. And uh, think it over yourself. Yes, oh, I have. My mind is made up. Oh uh, will you wait till I make up mine? That will be well worth waiting for. Well, then, I'll call you soon. And uh, meanwhile, goodbye, my dear Mary Jane. Goodbye, Dr. Paulson. And give my regards to Eric. Hello? Uh, Dora, this is Dr. Parson. Yes, Doctor. We have a problem.
0: I know, with Eric Marshall.
1: How did you know? He spoke with me. About what?
0: About abandoning this planet for colonization.
1: What did he tell you?
0: Nothing. I
1: was about to report it to you. Well, uh, yes. Keep seeing him as often as you can. Yes. Uh, Keep listening. Say nothing definite. Yes. Arrange to meet him in a motel room. Yes. We can't afford to have her come out against nuclear activity. She has to be sidetracked somehow. And we have to eliminate Eric. I think perhaps we can handle both matters... In a single action. I came as quickly as I could, Dr. Bruce. Yes, yes, well, but please sit down. <clears throat> what I have to say isn't going to be easy. You mean you've uh, reached a decision? Well, it has to do with Eric. Ordinarily, I, I would never discuss a man's actions with his wife. But the problem of Eric's credibility suddenly has become a matter of... Uh, of cosmic importance. Eric's credibility. Either Eric is telling you the truth, or he isn't. But I've already said that he... It all comes down to that, doesn't it? Yes. But I saw Eric walk through those flames. Well, there can be all kinds of explanations for that. In other words, you don't believe Eric. Oh, I'd like to. This is the part that hurts. And do you know a woman named Dora Shelton... No. She's lovely. What does this Dora show? Eric is having an affair with her. Oh, that's impossible. Why is it impossible? Well, because, because... Because you don't want to believe it. No, because I know it isn't true. Because I know Eric loves me. I had Eric watched. You had no right to... Uh, There's too much riding on Eric. He's been seeing this Shelton woman. Don't believe that. Well, we have times and places. We have witnesses. Oh, excuse me. Dr. Paulson here. Yes? Where? I see. Thank you. Go. That was our detective. Eric and Dora Shelton are in a motel room off the turnpike. No. Oh, no. Now, Mary Jane, Mary Jane, my dear, I'm sorry. Here. here, let me help you. I'll be all right. Let me give you a drink of water. Oh, really? I'm all right. I oh, hear yeah, Drink this. You'll feel better. What is it? Oh, just, just something. Just steady your nerves. Drink it. You'll feel better. Thank you, Dr. Paulson. What am I going to do? Face him with it. I can't. Don't you see, dear? Don't I see what? Why he's unfaithful. Why is any man unfaithful? He wants to get back at his wife. Why does he want to get back at you? He's 15 years younger. Five. (laughs) We checked his records. Why would a man marry a woman 15 years older? Because he fell in love with me. Especially a man who's very attractive with women. That's all part of his record. Why did he marry you? Why did he marry me? I suppose it was to get the Nobel Prize. He admitted that. He said the only way I'll ever have one in my house is to marry. He made up his story to get you embroiled in controversy that would certainly diminish your popularity. Dr. Paulson, I thank you. It was a ridiculous story, now that you make me think of it. I'm I'm sorry. I just wish there was... Something I could do for you. Oh, there is. Yes, there is. Would you please give me the name of the motel? does it matter? Yes. What good would it do? Uh, Well, I'm not going there to do good. My dear, surely you're not thinking of violence. Perhaps a little verbal violence. You're a scientist. I'm also a woman, doctor. Tell me the name of the motel. Mary Jane. Eric. Aren't you going to invite me in? Thank you. Well, who is your friend?
2: Mary Jane. This is Dora Shelton, my controller. Your what? My controller. From Archanaugh, the planet Archanaugh. Oh. She's in command of the advance party. Dora, my wife.
1: What do you mean, your wife, you never said you were married.
2: Dora, what are you talking about? You knew that I was married. Would
1: I be here if I knew you were married? Miss yes, please don't worry about it. He won't be married very much longer. Now, just a minute, Mary Jane. Listen, she is my controller. What she is has been called many names, but this is the first time I ever heard that. I have been trying to convince her that we cannot
2: let the Earth destroy itself, that we must find a new planet. That's the only reason I've been seeing her. I'm not
0: getting tied up with a nut like you. I'm getting out of here. That won't be necessary. But don't
2: you see what she's trying to do? She wants to discredit me. But I'll prove she's from Arsenault. I'll prove it.
0: Let go
1: of me. Eric, what are you doing? You've
2: got to believe me.
1: How can I believe that? Let go of me. Eric, what are you doing with that lighter?
2: I'm proving a point.
1: Don't do that. You'll burn her hand. Eric, you will crazy. Am I?
2: Look. See? She is like me. She resists flame.
1: Eric.
2: Look at her hand. It should turn red. It should char, but it doesn't. Why? She is from Arsenault, that's why. Dora, get out of here.
1: You're a traitor, Eric. And it's true, it is. It's true. There is a plot. It won't do any good, Eric. You betrayed your own people and for nothing. In the end, they'll destroy themselves. They don't have enough sense to survive. Oh, you are wrong. It wasn't for nothing. And we will not destroy ourselves. And the Earth will survive. Because I'm willing to fight. What? The... Oh, Fight!
2: Jane,
1: are you all right? As long as the rivers run down to the sea. Something's wrong. Or the shadows touch the mountains. Jane. Oh. Four stars gaze out in the vault of heaven. Dr. Marisat, every now and then, I recall those words that the President of the United States said to me. That was quite an occasion. You say you confronted them in the motel room? Yes, I did, Dr. Abelard, and I fainted there. I must have been drugged. Drugged? How? By whom? I don't know. It must have happened in some way, but the next thing I knew the police were in the room and I was told that I had murdered Eric. I see. No, you don't see. How could I have killed him? With the thirty-two caliber revolver that was found in your hand? With the thirty-two caliber revolver that was placed in my hand, in my unconscious hand, after Eric had been shot. By whom? By Dora Shelton. And whoever else from Ashana was helping her. But, of course, you don't believe me. Oh, I... but I do. You're not just saying that. I believe it. Do you? Do you? That's good. Because I'm not sure that I do. You don't believe it? I don't know what to believe anymore. I am so tired. I want to rest. I want to sleep. The only time I can be with Eric now is when I sleep. Will you excuse me? Yes, of course. you come back. Tomorrow please promise
0: I promise.
1: So long will your honor, your name, your praises endure. (laughs) Dr. Paulson here?
0: It's Doctor Abelard. Dr. Marisette can no longer be taken seriously as a threat to our position here.
1: Thank you, Dr. Abelard. She might have been quite dangerous.
0: That's over. The inhabitants of this Earth can be relied upon to destroy themselves, quite possibly
1: before the end of the present century. What do you think, Doctor? (laughs) I think it's a reasonable estimate, Doctor. (laughs)
0: What do you think? Can we be relied upon to destroy ourselves? You must admit there are times when it looks as if that's what we're determined to do, but always has been a miracle to save us, just in the nick of time. Can we depend on a miracle this time? I only know you can depend on me to be back in just a few minutes. destroy himself? The popular opinion seems to be he won't because he can't. Not because he's too smart, but because he's unable to. However, this business of being unable was true only of the past. Today, man does have the wherewithal. Someone can press a button or throw a switch or release a lever. Our cast included Mercedes McCambridge, Norman Rose, Court Benson, and Judith Light. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.